What's up, guys? Tawak here, bringing you episode 9 of the Spicy Sausage. I am joined once again by Blonde. What's up, man? Uh, hello there. How's it going? How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. Um, it's going pretty good, pretty good. Now, what's new with so. uh, Blonde? Uh, not too much, not too much. Still, uh, still hanging in there. I'm playing a few new games now with the uh, many flash sales and non-flash sales, pan sales, if you will, um, on PSN. I've been picking up some new new games to play, such as XCOM 2. Uh, Ooh. The crew. Yeah, XCOM 2 is my newest one. I played The Crew. I've got The Crew now. Finally have a racing game besides Drive Club on the PS4. And for $5, I picked up Super Star Wars, which was recently remastered for PS4. I've never even heard of that. And by remastered, I mean, like, slightly upscaled. Five dollar dues. I played that for approximately 20 minutes, and I don't have much to say yet. I'll play more of it, but it's a really fucking hard game. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so I've been playing XCOM 2, uh, a lot of that. I played approximately six hours today of that. That game is very engaging, very fun. Very six fun. hours of it. Yep, my understanding is: Have you played? You played XCOM at least one of them, probably two. I've played the I've played the two modern ones and one of the old ones for like PC back in the nineties. Okay, see, this is my first one. I'm vaguely aware of the story and like the universe from reviews of the games, but uh, this is the first one I've actually played because I got it on sale for just under forty bucks. Fortunately, the sale's already over, so I can't give you guys any hot tips. Ooh. But, uh, but uh, yeah, very fun, very engaging thus far. If I, I just needed, like, not even a tactical shooter, just, like, a strategy game to play. It's kind of slow, can take your time, but it gets pretty crazy as well. Oh, that's the thing. Like, uh, consoles don't have a huge offering of deep strategy to play. Yeah, there's nothing like that. I mean, I'm... There's... Excuse me. A bit tired. Um, there's... There was Supreme Commander on the 360 for a while, but... And Halo Wars obviously just came out recently, but nothing for the PS4. Oh, that's right. Halo Wars did come out. Yeah. Never played uh, that one. Yeah, this is a lot more squad... uh, You know, squad-based, smaller scale. Yeah. Some nice customization. I've got it sorted out so that everybody, all of my like offensive units are like wearing red, and all my specialists are wearing blue with like the health drones and stuff like that. So now that's smart. See, because then at a glance, you know what I'm seeing. I've already got some, uh, only a few custom characters. I'll have to go crazy with that after my first campaign. But uh, right now, I've got uh, I've got Captain Clyde Blackburn as my main sharpshooter. <laughs> Um, stand-up kind of guy, you know what I'm saying. Uh, oh, yeah. I've got Jacob the Ladder Jacobs as my specialist. And uh, who else did I make? I made one other guy. And I've already forgot his name. I've only lost one soldier thus far, partially due to save scumming, but I've actually not, I've not had to do as much of that as I expected, but I lost one soldier in a very heroic fashion. And I managed to recover his corpse, so it was all good. I was happy. Good, good. 
Leave no the, man behind like a seal. A lot. He got con- one of the. I I those are the worst. I they introduce new enemies, and every time I think I found the one that I hate the most, they bring in another. But I think it definitely has to come down to the uh, vipers that can apparently just like they can. I had one character on the roof of a second story building get snatched by the viper tongue or whatever from like 20 tiles away up two stories. Like what the fuck is that behind a big, you know, big. Yeah. That's some bullshit. That can be one of those pure, uh, that's XCOM baby moments. Yeah. I didn't play a huge amount of the one from the nineties, but I put like 80 hours into XCOM 1 and then uh, XCOM 2 I have like 40 hours in I want to say and uh, there's just there's just some subtle things that are shittier about the second one um, that keep like taking me out of the game and I haven't been able to finish it yet oh yeah uh, like the first one didn't have any of those like timed missions or like any requirements to get anywhere in a certain amount of time like uh, oh yeah those are a bit rough. Those are those can get really, really crappy. And uh, it's I been a while since it. I played, so I don't even remember what my original grouping of complaints were about it. I've got my own share of critiques for the game already. I actually, the time missions actually surprisingly aren't one of them because, like I said, I'm not above saves coming. I haven't done it as much as I expected to, but it's I'm playing on the lowest difficulty. I'll admit because. It said for people new to XCOM, and that's me. So it's still fairly difficult. It's not like I can just run out there. Yeah. But uh, it's you know it's fun and it's not like too harrowing. The reason I got XCOM too is because I watched uh, the Super Best Friends play it, and they were playing on like the max difficulty on Iron Man mode. Oh God! It was, it was hilarious. That like I think he successfully completed one mission. And all of the rest of them were titanic failures. <laughs> yeah, so I have my own criticisms of the game thus far, and I've not played as much of it as I should to have like a solid opinion on it. But surprisingly, the time mission thing isn't too much like too much of a problem for me. Uh, okay, I had one mission that was pretty cool where we had to get the VIP, and literally on the last turn we were all pulling out, and I was like. Whew. So it did add some, uh, did add some tension to that. That's almost like a so crack moment. Yeah, I, almost, I mean, I can see that get annoying for like a mission where you barely have enough time to even do the thing that you're supposed to do, much less do it with any sort of uh, caution. But I'll, I'll, I'm probably going to run into that later. But my main complaints are the game doesn't run very well. It's got a lot of like hiccuping, load times are long, the frame rates drop a lot, and stuff like that. And you're playing on PS4. Yeah, I'm playing okay. on PS4. Which the update history, when I looked into it, basically every update just said bug uh, bug fixes, and I don't know if there's any like optimization or anything like that going on. It's weird, but runs kind of ragged. Um, like I said, load times take a really long time, uh, and one of my and my main complaint thus far has been 
the game can't calm the fuck down and let me pick up a supply drop without fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to another mission. You need to do this right the fuck now. If you yeah, it blows gonna... you up with all the, the alerts al- and shit. The aliens will kill everybody if you don't stop what you're doing. And then I stop my. I'm like, okay. And I go do the mission, and I come back, and I get like two and a half days of progress on the crate, and then, and I gotta go do something else. This is like firefighter simulator, <laughs> and I'm sick of it already. There is, I've, I hit, like, one little low spot where, like, the game's actually letting me grab stuff, but other than that. Yeah, I, like, I haven't played XCOM 2 in easily six months to a year. Like, it's been since last summer, I want to say. I just, I remember, like, the, the first one just had a... It had something special. It just did something just right. And then XCOM 2 decided to follow the canonicity of as if you failed in the first XCOM. Yeah. Which is really strange. I think their... I remember hearing their reasoning was that that most people fucked it up when they played it. So they're just like, you know what? That's that's what happened. And and that's the thing. If you think about, like, what video game do you not usually fuck up a few times on your way to the end? But I mean, it it was uh, it was unique. It was nice to see. It's nice to see, and it also gives you like the you get the experience of being like the Earth Resistance, like while there are still governments and stuff like that, and then you get the guerrilla rebellion thing with this game. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool, and I, honestly, I should go back to it. I mean, it's not a terrible strategy game by any means. No, I heard that the first one didn't have like concealment at the start but I could be wrong. They didn't have concealment at the start. That's correct. Like, uh, the way that you stealth at the beginning of a XCOM 2 mission. Yeah. Um, like, but it, it was the... And I think XCOM 2 kind of does this, but in XCOM 1, the minute you were spotted by an enemy or you spotted an enemy, you basically engaged and, like, gave the enemy a free fucking turn right there. Okay. Everyone wants... When we're engaged, it still does that. Like, I'll, I'll go up, like, a street and run into three bad guys, and they'll go, like, and then they sprint around. Yeah. But it's weird that it doesn't uh, have the, like, ambush thing. That's where I'm, what I'm all about. I still haven't stealthed through a mission or anything where you can, like, sneak through and grab whatever you're trying to grab and then get out. But Oh, yeah, that would that would be pretty epic. I don't know if I ever pulled that off. It just made you do the. Like, it just made you make sure that you would move all of your units, and then with your very last unit, you wouldn't move them far enough to um, unlock like a new group of bad guys, because then it, you'd basically give them a free move, and then it would be their turn again afterwards. Um, yeah. And then sometimes you would you would run into a group and aggro them, and they would their free move they would run away and trigger another pack. And I had it one time where it triggered four different packs, and I had to fight like twelve guys on one map. Jesus. And that was that was pretty brutal, but I also felt like a massive badass when I pulled it off. Oh yeah, what uh, what was the squad size in that one? You started with four and ended with six. Okay, same here, I guess. Yep. So. Although I did do a mission where, like, the ship that you 
command gets knocked down by like an EMP. Yep. And I had to fight off a bunch of aliens, and I had like nine guys on the floor. Yep. And it was awesome. Only one of them took like any damage. It was just stall- stalwart defense. We're just shrugging off like these mechanized things, and like both of my snipers were on point. They were just fucking lighting everything up. And that just sounds like one of the best moments that you... Is that the mission where you had turrets, too? Uh, No turrets or anything like that. This was like a defense mission where you had to... The Avenger gets knocked down, you had to go take... Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you you build it... I can't remember where it is in the options, but you can build turrets for those missions. Okay. So when you you hit the ground, you have like four completely overpowered turrets that kick anything's ass. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's good, uh, because crush. one of the objectives was like, they can't get to the ramp. I mean, they didn't get anywhere close, but if they had, then that would have been pretty good. But that's all I have to say about it thus far. I've, like I said, I've got a few complaints, but they're all minor thus far, and it's been pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm eager to get get more of the game in. It's a breath of fresh air from shooters and racers, and that's it. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh, that's kind of how I've been too. I want to take a break from uh, shooters mainly. I might have to make the switch at some point because, uh, well, actually, it was kind of funny. This one guy I watch on YouTube um, was he made a video making fun of the, like the PC Master Race kind of group of people, and they, and that video ended up getting taken down for some reason. And he went to a different YouTube channel where all he does is just make fun of those people. <laughs> just making fun of PCMR guys. Yeah, making fun of the PC Mastercocks. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that community is supposed to be, um, what's the word for it? Like self-deprecating, or, or like we're almost like larger than life, in that we don't yeah. actually mean it. Like most of us say it as like a tongue-in-cheek joke, but there are some people that are like PCs better than everything. Yeah. And those people are definitely worthy of ridicule. Yeah, it is a little weird. You know, when my PC just hard-locked a little while ago, it was hard to not think for a moment, like, I don't have another $1,000 machine in this house to play all these fucking games I have. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that's... So... So, yeah, what have you been playing? Sorry about that. I went a little off the rails there, but... Yeah, it is what it is. Um... I've only been playing, uh, I played some Stardew Valley, uh, I don't know why I can't give it up, I'm at 248 hours with no sign of slowing down, I just keep farming and keep fishing, you know, it is what it is. That was me on Minecraft, even though there were more interesting things to do in that game, I've got like a stack of, like five stacks of bread that I'm never gonna eat. (laughs) So yeah, I was uh I've been playing a little Stardew and then I've been playing a game called uh just came out today on PC. It's called The Surge. And I oh, think yeah. this is going to be the sleeper hit at this year. Yeah. The uh, Surge. Now what is that? I played it nonstop like since I got home until we got in here. It's basically Dark Souls in space. I don't think it's in space. I think it's on Earth, but it's all sci-fi and like super far in the future. And it's one of those sci-fi things where everybody uses melee weapons for some reason instead of like laser guns. Okay. 
And yeah, like cool. uh, it's literally Dark Souls sci-fi where uh, every enemy is a challenge. Uh, your your goal is not clearly defined. You just kind of have to wander around and explore and like find what you need to move forward. Um, the first boss I ran into took me at least a dozen tries. Interesting, interesting. Um, but unlike Dark Souls, they have the ability to save your scrap, which is like your currency to upgrade your weapons and to craft more gear. Yeah. And you, like you, you craft like your left leg, your right leg, your left arm, your right arm, your chest, and your head as like this part of this big mech suit that you wear. Nice. Okay. And then you get to craft your weapon, you get to upgrade all this stuff, and it's just it's just so cohesive. It works so well together. I can't believe how fun it is. Yeah. He says new and it's still it's like so new that the Wikipedia article still says the surge is an upcoming science fiction. <laughs> it's up and coming. Oh, and that's that's why I'm so excited to talk about it because I normally don't jump into like brand new titles, but I had a bunch of money saved up in my Steam wallet from refunding a bunch of games and never buying anything. Oh, yeah. And I just peeped the top seller list today, and I saw this game, and I'm like, what is this? And everyone's like, this is Dark Souls sci-fi. It's great. And then I watch some streams, and I'm like, holy shit, this looks amazing. And it... Dark Space. The first three and a half hours feels like the original Dark Souls, but I'm not so frustrated I want to quit. So I feel like they've struck a really good balance between like that super frustration, but also rewarding you enough to keep you moving forward. It might still be like that for me, though, because I've, I've still got to get into the Souls games, and you've already played them. A lot of people have already played them, so there's kind of a, acclimatized to this kind of game maybe it's maybe it is as difficult it's just not as difficult for you yeah and like it it's a it's a different perspective to go back on gaming it's like um dark souls and uh you know souls like games they they have a different level of challenge that make you feel like a kid again in that like playing uh like legend of zelda link to the past there wasn't really a super, you know, there was a clearly defined goal that you needed to save Zelda, but, like, they didn't really ever, like, fucking force you down a path. Like, you just wandered and you just found your way. Yeah, it wasn't fun. And then you, you like, you learned how to choreograph the enemies and, like, respond to their attacks. And you were, and, like, if you're patient and you're willing to learn each enemy and, like, know how to deal with them, you'll always progress in like souls games but if you ever like just try to like bumble fuck your way through it it's going to be the worst experience you've ever had yeah i'm waiting yeah. to hit that wall I'm, i feel like i'm kind of there after i beat the first boss i got this little drone that's uh like a special ability you can use occasionally um I feel like the difficulty just ramped up like a hundred percent and i already thought the game was pretty difficult but yeah, now that I'm in this new area, it's like holy fucking shit all of a sudden. Hmm. Yeah, I might have to check it out. How much was it? It was $45 in like their early, you know, pre-purchase, whatever. I, and I had the, and I, I want to defend my pre-purchase, my quote-unquote pre-purchase. I bought it two hours before it was live, right? 
Yeah. Uh, PS4s apparently had the game already for a little while. I don't know if it's like a day or whatever. They've had it long enough that I was able to go on Twitch today when I was uh, quote-unquote working, and I was able to watch v- the gameplay of the game and be like, this looks so goddamn good, I can't resist it. Yeah. Hmm. Like I said, I'm three and a half hours in, and I still think that it's really fucking great. And uh, I plan to keep playing it, so... Cool. Keep me updated on that. That's uh, that might be my jump in because I, like I said, I still need to get into those kind of games. The, well, obviously the Souls games, and also. Uh, I think I've mentioned like, to you before that it took me three attempts before I ever got into my first Souls game. Like I, I tried Dark Souls one. I bought it on sale for like five bucks or whatever. And I, and I put, like, two hours into it, and I got absolutely phased. And I was like, this game's terrible. I hate Dark Souls. And then I played it again. Same story where I put, like, two hours into it. I got completely fucking destroyed. And I was like, this is the worst game ever. Why do people like these? And then I finally looked up a YouTube video for how to be overpowered early in Dark Souls. And, it, and it's a guide that takes you to get this really awesome sword, and you get this really awesome armor, and it, it gets you a better start so that the game isn't so brutal. Yeah. And that's what finally, like, broke my cherry into, like, being, like, a fanatic for it. Like, I've, I'm still, I have, like, 80 hours into Dark Souls 1, and I'm still trying to beat it for the first time because I'm, like, fleshing everything out, and... Um, I'm doing a lot of co-op and stuff like that, so it's a it's a damn good experience when you can finally get into it. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I'll have to do that. I've I've been waiting for a sale on like Scholar of the First Sin or some crazy remastered collection to come out on PS4. Yeah. Okay, so we definitely have to talk about the DLC that was announced. I'm a oh yeah, they, uh, they showed the the details for Fallen Ghost today. Uh, and similar to Narco Road, you have to start in, or they're gonna make you start a new character. Uh, you don't get to use your old character again. Um, which I mean, like that's that's enough to me to make me be like, why do I care then? I don't. I don't care. I already am. T- I'm tapped out. I mean, I was I was interested in the premise back when they were teasing it during launch. Um, yeah. And 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 I was really interested in it. If I could just load up my current character that I've already put all this work into, and I'm attached to him, and I've you know played Barbie doll with him and shit like that. But um, yeah. they said that it's the post story content for Wildlands where uh, Santa Blanca has left a power vacuum, and uh, these new foreign nationalists are moving into. Expel or expunge the Americans from uh, Bolivia and supposed you know take over where the Santa Blanca has left a vacuum. Okay. And they're introducing like a new level of forces where they have like special classes. All right, all right. So it's not you know horrible. It's just you don't get to use your main character. For some people. That's a big deal that they don't get to use the person they've cultivated and that they've grown accustomed to. You know, I was wondering because they kept giving me like they gave me an XP booster for something I can't remember what, or no, there was a deluxe edition or something like that where I was like, buy this and get an XP booster. Okay. And and I was like, why would I need that? I'm already 
it, like progressing a level just fine. And then I realize both the DLCs make you do the levels over, so maybe that's why. Well, they actually make you use a character uh, aside from your main character. Yeah. And like in Narco Road, there's not even enough content to progress you like five to ten levels. Uh, and in Falling Ghosts, uh, apparently you're, you're the character you use is going to be going from levels 30 to 35. Okay. With new nine new unlockable skills, six new weapons, including a crossbow. Okay. So I mean, we we got Far Cry. That's all cool stuff. Put the crossbow in the main game at least. Yeah. Like, I I've heard definitely agree with that. New unique weapons and stuff like that in the Narco Road DLC that weren't in the main game, and I'm like, just put them in there. You know, that's just that's just free extra like points for yeah. the game. I, yeah, yeah, it just it seems like a no brainer, and like this this has to be rare. Like I don't I don't can't think of another game where their DLC was this segregated from the main experience. There was stuff like this in Far Cry Four, but. Mo like there was uh, the battle or escape from Durgash prison, which is pretty much exactly what I expected the Fallen Ghost to be. Which was you play as the same guy, but it's like a segregated instance. You don't have the same skills. You, the game doesn't even progress the same way. Like you. Oh, and now that you mention it, I think um, the first reboot of Deus Ex was like that. What was it called? Uh, not Mankind Divided, but the first Human, one, Human Revolution. Human yeah. Yeah, they had a DLC where you were still Adam, uh, but you had been stripped of all your powers and such, and you had to go through some side shit. Yeah. Every Which uh, that's another DLC I did not buy, despite how much I loved Human Revolution. Because you wanted to play as the character that you play Human Revolution with. And in saying it back, you know, when you're like, oh, you know, you're just attached to the character you built. I'm like, oh, that seems ridiculous. But God damn it, I am. Yeah, you spend hours, and I did spend hours collecting weapons and collecting skill points and stuff like that for my Wildlands character, who, despite his weird mannerisms and his odd vocabulary when it comes to being vulgar, and despite all that stuff, I, you know, I still like it. You know, I still like that. And, yeah, I just don't, I don't want to start again. You know what I mean? I've heard that Narco Road is not Nomad. I don't even know who it is. I've not heard any of the voice clips or anything. Yeah, so I mean, if you're not Nomad, who the fuck are you and why do we care? Not to mention Narco Road puts you in alone like you don't have a squad. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can play it in co-op, but you don't have an AI squad, which... In one, like from on one hand, is fine because they're generally useless anyways. But on the other hand, that was like the main selling point of the fucking game, and it's not part of the DLC. Or that well, DLC I mean, anyways. like you, you know, that's ignoring how like non-cohesive the idea of Narco Road is for the game it's being put into. Yeah. That's it's like GTA DLC, and they're putting yeah. it in Ghost Recon. Like that is. That reminds me of when um, Saints Row, one of their games, when GTA Five was coming out, they had a DLC called Gat Five, starring Johnny Gat or something like that. Uh huh. And like that—that that, that was pretty funny to me because it was like a segregated thing. But at least Saints Row, like the theme of the game, that fits. But this game is like this 
relatively serious thing about like cartels and corruption and like CIA people getting or DEA, excuse me, DEA agents getting tortured and killed and stuff like that. And then suddenly vroom, vroom, we're all driving raid trucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, dressing like assholes. They're doing a really good job of giving me no reason to buy these DLCs. Yeah. I don't have to, I'm really glad I didn't go for the season pass. I'm and done that, with those, that's, that's terrible for, for Ubisoft for, from their business perspective. So many people came into Wildlands against the season pass because of how the division was handled. And so and many people were fucking proven right, man. <laughs> they, <laughs> fucking, they, they all, so many bullets were dodged. Because of the division, and then they gave us no reason to regret our decision to be like, fuck the season pass. Yeah. Oh, you say fuck the season pass? Wait till you see how shitty it is. Not to mention, <laughs> the next weird project they have like this, like the division, or the next weird open world ghost recon they make, or whatever it's whatever's next, open world splinter cell. Call <laughs> it right now. You heard it here first. Open you heard it here on the spicy sausage. Um, the next game that they do that, they, <laughs> nobody's going to buy the season pass. That's going to be the one that they do right. That's going to be the game <laughs> with the crazy DLC, like blood and wine level DLC quality. That's going to be the one they do right. And nobody's going to buy it because of Wildlands and the division. Yeah. Fool me twice. Nah, you didn't even fool me the second time. Sorry. <laughs> Try to fool me three times when you've only successfully fooled me once. I'd so I guess uh, Wildlands is officially giving me no reason to ever go back to it, despite I didn't even beat it. I did beat it, and I'll let you know, if you're going to try and beat it to shoot for the ending, don't bother. Look, watch them on YouTube, or don't. Don't bother. The only thing I've had spoiled for me as far as the ending goes is that it's disappointing. Uh, yep. Yeah, and I know yeah. that um, I, I don't want to make a habit of spoiling anything on this show. I just know that uh, I know that some high-profile targets just kind of get away with it, and your actions were meaningless no matter what you do. Well, uh, yeah, there's there is some element of that. Like both, there's two endings, and I'm not going to detail what happens in either of them. But in both endings, like. They're both disappointing. The way the game's structured, you beat the game, and if you take out every cartel guy that you possibly can, you get the good ending. But even if you do that before you ever do the ending mission, you still have to do the ending mission twice. I was going to say, I've seen that error message that floats around on like Reddit and stuff, where it's like, good job, Ghost, but you must complete 100% to see the second ending. You're you've at 100%. You've only destabilized 100% of the cartel. <laughs> That's what it is. But, it yeah, like, you finish the mission, and then it's just, like, it gives you that mission message, and then, like, two seconds later, it gives you the message that says, oh, you can go do the mission again. And I uh, I did both times, and the second, the second ending is even more disappointing than the first one. Awesome. It's, I was astounded. They managed to beat themselves. Like, they... They upstage themselves, and I guess I would say that's the that's the beauty of me with those kind of like open world games, uh, and especially with like um, 
with Ghost Recon, the story was so bland that like the the ending couldn't have outdone itself. Yeah. In that it's like okay, it's a bland game. It's it's gonna have a a bland ending, and and I'm guessing uh, from what I've heard about the ending, they must be playing off of that whole thing where it's like, oh, the bad guys always win anyway, dumbass. Yeah, fuck you for playing the game. This is this is edgy and dark. Honest, but it's not even edgy. It's not edgy. We get like edgy stuff where the the CIA agent that you're working with is like is doing some like edgy shit and your character's like, Oh, you're skirting a line there, but nothing ever comes of it. And the most interesting thing about that game story or the dialogue or whatever was like one random time. I can't even remember when it happened. One character mentioned Osisha and I was like, Holy shit. Are they talking about ghost recon one? And I was like, Oh, I want to go play that instead. (laughs) That's not what you want to do. Like, a callback should be, hey, remember that? That's pretty cool. Let's continue playing this. It shouldn't be, holy shit, I should play that game instead of this boring shit. Yeah, no kidding. Could you imagine if we had, like, Metal Gear quality story with Ghost Recon gameplay? I could imagine that. I just, I don't know. There's certain, obviously there's a lot of parallels you can draw between Wildlands and, uh, and the Phantom Pain, and there's certain stuff I would grab from Wildlands, like I would grab the the larger variety of vehicles, and I would grab the co-op gameplay, and I would grab the uh, the more stuff to do in free roam that's not just like, go here and kill these guys or capture them if you like. Yeah. Like the go grab, you know, more collectibles out there than just random tapes. Hey, you just found a tape with Snake Eater on it. And now if I could be that guy, I got to admit, in open world games, I never do all that extra shit anyway. No. Like I, I, like in Assassin's Creed, you know, like one of them, they wanted you to gather like 110 fucking feathers or some shit. I was like, who the fuck's going to do that? No. I'd never, but I was, I've tried on three occasions to 100% GTA 4. And every time I do everything except for go around and shoot all the pigeons and tr- all the 10 trillion pigeons around yep. the city. Yep. And I get there and I shoot like five and I'm like, I don't really care. The, there's, and it doesn't help that the 100% completion reward for GTA 4, do you know what it is? Is that the shirt? It's not the shirt. Or rather, there might have been a shirt. Um, infinite ammo. Ooh. Not infinite ammo, but infinite ammo capacity. You can hold 9,999 bullets with each gun, but when you reload the game, it resets back down to where the limit was before. Oh, wow. Okay. It's not not, uh, not a good one. Well, and it's just like uh, the HD, or the whatever they call it, uh, 3D collection of Grand Theft Auto games, where, uh, you know, in like Grand Theft Auto 3, I think the 100% uh, reward was a shirt. Was it in three? Was I, I can't remember if Grand Theft Auto three was the shirt. I Grand Theft. I know in all the uh, the three D ones, you got a shirt for sure. I think Vice City might have had that, but um, three. I think the one hundred percent thing was like a you've got a rhino spawn somewhere. Okay, and that like that's not tank. terrible, but I I, I mean, I, what four. what else can they really reward you with though? Yeah, the journey is the destination. <laughs> And I, I I tried to do 100% on almost all of the 3D Grand Theft Autos, 
And I would always get to that that kind of a point where it's like, okay, I got to go swim for a hundred fucking oysters, or I got to go yeah. find you know, hundred ten packages. Yeah, that stuff uh, got got a little. At least the oysters, not the oysters, the horseshoes. They increased your luck stat in San Andreas, which I think helped for gambling, and it also that stat directly correlates to how often random planes will crash on you. So if you have a higher luck, do you get more random planes to crash on you? No, you get less. Ah. I never remember I've, that being a problem. I've seen... It's very infrequent, but I've seen it in speedruns. Especially around, you know, Mad Dog's Mansion with that weird, like... With that weird driveway thing. Yeah. The little slalom course. I've seen, like, five people there all get nailed by a plane while they're on a bicycle and getting killed in the middle of a speedrun. run. <laughs> pretty funny but i should definitely watch some san andreas speed runs i love the speed runs man i watch uh some san andreas guys i used to watch a guy who played gta 3 but now he's moved on to age of empires 2 um and i also very frequently watch uh goldeneye speed runners really yeah i never played the game but the goldeneye speed running stuff is pretty cool there's actually one dude i can't remember if i mentioned this on the podcast before or if i was just talking with somebody about it but um I uh, watched this guy's videos on YouTube about uh, the history of the speedrunning community for GoldenEye. And, like, they they don't play, like, they don't have world records based on uh, just how long you can play the whole game, or how fast, rather. I, th- I think they do, but they mainly, like, record their fastest time for each individual level. Yep. And each individual difficulty. So, like... This guy will have a world record on fucking facility on agent and stuff like that. And they've got like a big web, a nice website with like the whole ranking page and the history of the rankings dating back to like 1998. No shit. So you can look back and see like who had the world record in 98. And this guy does videos now. He's covered a couple levels where he just goes from the start. He's like, oh, okay, this guy, we're going to watch his footage from like 2001 and see how he did it. And you get to see how the like the strategy evolves, and he also talks about um, he also talks about stuff like uh, funny funny incidents in the community and stuff like that. Like my favorite story that I heard from that was about a dude who was speed running on frigate, which is a lot of people's favorite levels, mine included, uh, just from playing like on emulators and stuff like that. Yeah, this dude came back from a rave blitzed out on ecstasy and and played Goldeneye for like 30 minutes and got the world record on Frigate. <laughs> <laughs> and he uploaded the video with this weird like EDM music. It's fucking great. But um, I'll link it to you on the Discord. No kidding. And that sounds awesome. We should totally put it up on uh, the description. It's good stuff. It's called oh, Speed yeah. Lore by uh, our White Goose. And I'll put that on the uh, I'll put that on the on the thing there i'm i'm a bit into speed running myself but the uh only communities that i get into are the tomb raider communities oh yeah. geez i feel like we've we've talked about this before but yeah i um i follow a couple different dudes uh my favorite guy's name is action turnup uh and he has the world record uh for i think tomb raider 2 glitchless uh definitely has the world record for tomb raider 3 glitchless um and I know he's on the boards for glitched runs. Uh, and then uh, I like this other guy named McKeel. He's a French guy that does really good uh, 
speed runs for Tomb Raiders. And they're both just really quiet guys that just play the hell out of the game, and they just they just do it so well that they don't need to be entertaining. Their gameplay is entertaining. Yeah, and you see that stuff as, as well on uh, AGDQ and stuff like that. Whenever I watch it, is they'll have the runner who's obviously got a focus, but he'll also chime in every now and then. They'll have dudes there to contextualize it for everybody that's not really good at the game or anything or knows much about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, it's a, it's, it's a tough thing to keep that, like to make that palatable for people. But I guess it really helps if you're actually interested in the game. And I'm interested in GoldenEye, even though I don't play the game and I never really did. It's just an interesting game to me because it's like one of the landmark first-person shooters, and it's weird how much they've optimized the game. Like they strafe a certain way, they look up, they look, they know when to look down to reduce the lag on the N64. They're like, they've got these weird, crazy button combinations that I saw when the dude was playing on Bunker, not Bunker Runway, where he did this weird, like half-second button combination to throw a grenade like 300 feet more than you really you usually can no kidding it's weird stuff like that that's pretty they cool. do the exact same kind of stuff in the tomb raider community where um you know like a uh, turnip knows that if you pause the game and unpause it five times in a row you can do what's called a frame perfect jump where apparently um the fr- and I, I honestly don't understand it that well where for whatever reason after five pauses uh the game's in a perfect sync where when he jumps he can jump just like a fucking hair farther and get like these grabs that he wouldn't be able to get otherwise hmm or he knows that if he busts out a flare and he jumps, uh, normally when Laura falls a really far distance, she does this like squat and she gets back up when she falls. If they take yeah. out a flare, when they hit the ground, they do what's called a flare cancel where they make her throw the flare. It cancels that squat and get back up so they save like half a second. Nice. That's good stuff. Like, That's fascinating shit, to, man. Yeah. And like to save time in Goldeneye, they're like... You get shot in the back and get boosted forward and stuff like that. So you got a ta- you got a tactic, you got to tactically choose when to get shot and stuff like that. But um, I was wondering, I looked it up and I only ever heard tell of one person speed running a SOCOM game, and I still haven't actually seen it. So I'll have to look into that. Well, see, and that that's something that you and I and uh, some other guys in the community should talk about doing, man. Yeah. Like, Just we like a, should speed run missions, like you're talking about on uh, GoldenEye, where they have it split out for difficulties and, and specific missions. I think that would be the way to go, to be like, who can do the fastest run on Mission 1 of SOCOM 2? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you just start off, the beginner level would be like Death at Sea, because you only got to kill a couple guys. And you just do all the primary objectives you can without getting bogged down with all the other shit. No, you don't even need to find a book of gibberish, sir. You just need to do everything else. Well, yeah, and, and that's where you have different categories, where you have uh, a speed run for 100% objectives, and you have a speed run yeah. where it's just get through it as fast as fuck. And then there's a speed run where we figure out the glitched way through that shit. Yeah, just have like a sick speed run montage of people furiously wall sliding. <laughs> the oh, with yeah. music playing. By the way, um, I don't want to continue to nerd out on you, but uh, I've been watching... A lot of that, a lot of initial D. Have you ever seen that? I have not seen that. 
All right, I won't get too much into it because I don't want to alienate all the people who think anime is for cocks. But uh, it's uh, pretty good. A lot of, you know, like I said, I was in a racing phase for a while. I was playing Gran Turismo 3, and then I picked up on that. Um, I, then I got the crew, obviously, for PS4 because I gave away my copy of Drive Club. And I was on a racing kick for a while. Now I've switched over to XCOM for the time being. But, um, yeah, I was doing that, so I ended up watching uh, Initial D, which is something I've been putting off for a while. It's pretty good. Pretty good uh, show. Well, Blonde, I think that about does it for Episode 9, man. I'm in agreement. It is two, almost 2.30 uh, where I am. And I'm pretty uh, pretty beat, but uh, it's been a good one. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Let's uh, Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Well, that was fun to talk about uh, the failure that is Ghost Recon DLC. Little peak of the surge. Hopefully, you look that up, man. Maybe pick it up for PS4 and we can uh, yeah. compare our mechanized outfits. Yeah. Check out my, my guy's blue. He's a blue one. <laughs> Mine, mine's, a, mine's a yellow. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, I'm going to end on that super productive note, guys. If you all guys are enjoying this podcast, definitely leave a like on YouTube. That puts a lot of wind in our sails. Leave a review on iTunes. That's a big deal to us. We definitely appreciate that. Um, and tell a friend. Like That's the best thing that you anybody can do for any of your friends that are web entertainers. Tell a friend. You know somebody that likes SOCOM? Tell them about the spicy sausage, man. Phone uh, a friend. Please do it. Please do, do it. it. Please. Please, please, please. And uh, smash that motherfucking like button. Smash it. So that's going to do it for episode nine, guys. This is to walk saying for Mr. Blonde, good night and God bless. What the fuck? You don't speak for me. You crazy mother. Oh.